You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. I think if, uh, if Matt had met you when he was with Kill Hannah, perhaps we wouldn't be here today. So uh, can you talk about uh, what you do with SoundRink and talk about VIP packages, how that differentiates from just say bundling and uh, uh, yeah, and what you guys do and then how brand and personality and persona uh, really make VIP packages successful in the same sort of way for you. Yeah, definitely. So we're a VIP ticketing company or a VIP experience company and I think our biggest thing is putting together unique experiences for the, the fan um, from the touring artist. So for us, um, you know, we put together experiential, um, you know, ticket bundles along with whether it's meeting the band, um, having pizza party with the band. Um, we've done lots of different things. And, and the big thing we try to stick that sticks out is trying to do something different. Um, a huge tour that we did one year, it was, uh, it was we based the entire tour around a food concept. And so we spent hours and hours reaching out to local uh, food places and getting free food for all of the patrons and putting together like this just experiential thing that was a long lasting memory for all of the artists fans. And I mean, it ended up being why just hugely successful. It was kind of crazy and um, just a big undertaking, but the worthwhile fact of it is we still have people that talk about that one, that one experience. And so for us, I think as it's, it's leaving a, a lasting impact for an artist um, and their fans uh, when they go out and, and do these VIPs. And so it creates another avenue where they're able to connect with their fans and, and really have a targeted, is really targeted towards the, um, I would say, the super fan, the, the, the 10% that makes up 90% of your revenue, you know, and, and that's who it's targeted to so they can have a, a deeper connection with those people in person or now with everything going on, whether it's, you know, doing online, some type of online um, chat or video. Um, so for us, I really think, I agree, like the branding of an artist and just their persona, just them as a whole is a huge part of it. Um, you know, the big one I can think of is Mike is Ice Nine Kills is their persona and just what they, you know, their whole everything with the horror and everything we've done with VIPs with, you know, down to it with masks and just everything. We, we try to gear everything towards what they are about and about like how they are viewed by their fans. And we kind of capture that within the VIPs. We've done that with a lot of different artists and, and kind of trying to, I guess, brand the VIP 
around the brand of the artist um, and what they're bringing to the table. Um, so we do a lot of that. And one of the big things we're doing now is, is the live streaming and um, bringing fans and doing a lot of Q and A's for free, doing, uh, doing live streams with artists that are doing Q and A's and kind of branding that as, as something different and something that fans don't have to pay for. Um, and kind of having trying to still offer some sort of that experience that fans are currently missing um, with the band not on the road and, and not being able to provide you know the 30 minute to an hour Q and A session um, for the uh, for the fan while they're on the road. Awesome, thank you, uh, Wax. You had alluded to YouTube and your success with YouTube earlier, and Cody kind of he kind of he he's got me going another direction. I wanted to ask you two things at once, if I can, about YouTube. The first thing is building on what Cody's talking about on building super fans out of you know sort of casual fans just the people who uh you know say off of my facebook right who just give you clicks and nothing else versus those who really really love and will be uh you know or the ones who will buy vips and packages and really support you financially how does youtube play a role in that even indirectly and then if you could also talk about youtube as a direct revenue stream for you and your career uh <clears throat> man i don't i don't know exactly what makes somebody from a a fan to a super fan i can tell you that uh, a lot of people that are just fans that aren't going to go to your shows and buy stuff they kind of get in on the hype you know what i mean so a lot of artists have hype for a little while and people are like yeah i've heard of him yeah i've heard of them i've heard of them but uh you know there's the long lasting the 10 percent that cody was talking about uh, are the people that watch all your stuff what how how you come about that uh I don't have, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any formula for, for that to like the, con the conversion of the regular fan to the super fan. I don't know if there's anything in that besides just doing stuff they really like from my, from my experience, there'll be certain songs. They take a song will take somebody from a fan to a super fan. Somebody will be like, damn, that sounds like it happened to me. Or people come up to me after the show and be like, I never met you, but I feel like I know you. You know what I mean? When people just, I think that's more that that aspect of it is more just the art itself, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Uh, because, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's a, a formula for that. And as far as YouTube being a revenue stream, it's a pretty decent revenue stream with the Google AdSense, and it's also a good, obviously, a good way to promote anything you're selling, to promote your tour. You can make video promotional videos. Um, I probably should have made more money on uh youtube but there's a certain amount of my content got censored or certain amount of some of the content i actually made like little i've made deals in the past where kind of like other people might own the rights to some of my songs so i can't monetize them etc cetera, etc cetera. but but it's like it's like uh last i checked if you have a monetized video it's somewhere in the like 1200 bucks per million views or something like that but uh, you know, Spotify is like four times that for for stream, and you don't even have to put a video up. So I I, I don't know. Um, so I but, mean, I I, I wouldn't want to you know pry, but uh, like, do you do you take the the um, uh, revenue that you can earn from different streaming platforms into account when you're putting your stuff out, or not, trying to decide whether you're going to record a song or make a video? You know, is that sort of ever play into your mind as well i mean i mean to a certain extent now they have these now they have distro kid and tune core that kind of put them on everything for you 
with the, I mean, they put the audio on everything for you. And, uh, you know, as a, as a listener and music fan myself, I, I tend to use Spotify for everything. So, uh, I kind of, I kind of look at Spotify as my, my main thing now. And I think that's just, a, that's just because I have a habit as a, as a listener of listening to Spotify myself. And honestly, in the last few years, I've been slacking a little bit on, uh, on making music video, music videos, you know, like, like well-made, uh, high budget, not high budget, but you know, medium budget, uh, music videos. But, um, yeah, I don't, I honestly, I don't, I don't take it into that much of an account of an account, but I just, you know, I hope, I hope that whatever, you know, if I make an album or something, I hope that when I put it out, I can, I, I'll make the money back eventually, whatever I, whatever I spend making it, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Mike, uh, this idea of the, you know, 90-10 rule or 80-20, the Pareto concept in business, which is said 20% of your uh, customers are going to make you 80% of your money. How applicable has the super fan been to uh, Ice Nine Kills career and, you know, the financial streams? And how much do you guys take that into account when you're pursuing new potential revenue streams for the band? Yeah, I mean, it's been uh, huge. And, you know, you sort of alluded with a little bit of a joke in regards to, you know, Kill Hannah and, and presuming, got it, you know, dying out as a band uh, before the VIP explosion really happened. I mean, you know, Cody has been a longtime partner for Ice Nine Kills and really has helped us cultivate experiences, as he said, that, that you know, whether people were fans and turning into super fans, it's such a good question. And I can imagine it, it is really hard to answer, right? But I think some of those types of things um, are what has taken fans into that super fandom. They might not have had to be a super fan to buy a VIP ticket, but once we gave them something really unique, both in terms of experience and, you know, limited edition merchandise, that's helped, you know, fuel that and continue to grow it. Um, right now, so many of our decisions are are taking into account, you know, who is willing to spend money with us, uh, where have they spent it in other places, right? And then what can we mobilize them to do? Um, and there might be super fans that, you know, whatever, they, they don't live in places that we play, right? So like Crystal's done with Bad Wolves is then we can create something where there's a paywall that content sit, uh, sits behind. So we're not relying solely on you know, the ability to be in, in, you know, the markets that the people live in or in these times, of course, when no one can play. So, yeah, it's a huge determinant into the things that we have done thus far and the things that we will continue to do. Awesome. Crystal, with, uh, with Bad Wolves, it's a relatively new band. I mean, what, 24 months old or so. Like, uh, was launching your Patreon the first chance that you had as a manager to discover who these super fans for bad wolves are and has there been um sort of early in the career as the the things exploded so quickly uh sort of a, a, a extra attention on either developing or uh, uh recognizing who these super fans are yeah i would say i would have to agree with that um because they are a newer band it was Something we definitely took into consideration when we were thinking about starting the Patreon page. Um, you know, we didn't know how many patrons were actually going to pay money 
to see additional content. Like how many super fans did, did we have that actually wanted to see more than what was free content that was be, like being pushed out on Instagram or on Twitter. So um, it was really interesting to see who the super fans are. And we just want to make sure that we're constantly super serving them. Um, you know, so we just continue to push out unique content every single week. We created a schedule with the guys. And so each guy has something that he's putting up or doing for Patreon every single day because this has now become their full-time job while they're in quarantine. So we just want to make sure we're super serving them since they're paying for it. Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same so if that sounds cool you can listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com and i'll see you there